is Eye on Ed, your source for information about audits, investigations, and other work by the U.S. Department of Education Office of Inspector General. Tune in for the latest news on our efforts to find and stop fraud, waste, and abuse in federal education programs, operations, and funding. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ion Ed, the official podcast of the U.S. Department of Education, Office of Inspector General. I'm your host, Ryan Schreier. July 30th is National Whistleblower Appreciation Day, a day our nation celebrates the brave individuals who step forward to report fraud, corruption, and other wrongdoing in government programs, sometimes at great personal risk. Their contributions have helped to root out fraud and restore integrity in government programs. Fighting fraud and ensuring integrity in U.S. Department of Education programs and operations is part of our mission here at Office of Inspector General. So this is the perfect time to talk about whistleblowers, whistleblower reprisal, and whistleblower protections involving federal education programs and the role of the OIG in those efforts. To help us do that today are two OIG staffers who are at the forefront of the OIG's whistleblower efforts, Antigone Potamianos, counsel to the Inspector General, and Nicole Gardner, special agent in charge of the OIG's headquarters operations. Antigone, Nicole, happy National Whistleblower Appreciation Day, and thank you for being with us. Hey, Ryan. I'm happy to be here to talk about this important topic. Hi, Ryan. It's great to be here. Okay, so Nicole and Antigone, the case can be made that anyone who reports fraud, corruption, or other wrongdoing to the OIG is a whistleblower. They are alerting the OIG of possible malfeasance involving federal education programs, operations, or funding. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. And we encourage anyone who suspects fraud or wrongdoing in federal education programs to report it to the Ed OIG hotline at oighotline.ed.gov. Our hotline is available for your use 24-7. And boy, is that hotline busy. We receive up to 500 allegations of fraud each month, including allegations from individuals on the front line administering and carrying out education programs. We're talking about department employees and people who work in state education agencies, school districts, schools, colleges, universities, and other institutions of higher education. These people are insiders, and they're uniquely positioned to identify and report fraud and wrongdoing. That's right, Nicole. However, they aren't whistleblowers in the technical legal sense unless and until they have been harmed because of what they reported, their disclosure. That's called reprisal, and Congress has determined that whistleblowers are entitled to legal protection against reprisals due to their coming forward with information that protects federal funds from fraud, waste, and abuse. So federal whistleblowers are only eligible for protections if they've been reprised against for blowing the whistle on fraud or other wrongdoing. That's correct. Can you give us an example of what reprisal would look like? Sure. Reprisal could be anything like a poor performance review or a negative decision involving the employee's pay, benefits, or awards. It could be a change in position or work responsibilities like a demotion or even getting fired from their job. Whistleblower protection laws make these types of retaliatory actions unlawful. Let's talk a little about those protections. Understanding that there are a number of federal laws in place to protect whistleblowers, and we'd likely be here all day if we were to discuss all of them, 
But as this is a short podcast, Antigone, can you highlight the whistleblower protection laws most applicable to federal education programs and operations? Sure. For Department of Education programs and operations, the two key whistleblower protection statutes are the Whistleblower Protection Act, or WPA, and the National Defense Authorization Act, or NDAA. The WPA protects whistleblowers who are current or former federal employees or applicants for federal jobs and who make what is called a protected disclosure and suffer personnel actions as a result. The second key statute is the NDAA. The NDAA protects employees of federal government contractors, grantees, subcontractors, subgrantees, and personal services contractors who were reprised against for making a disclosure. Correct, Antigone. And at the Department of Education, these grantees and subgrantees would include employees of state education agencies, school districts, colleges, and universities, or contractors that do business with the department. Antigone, you mentioned protected disclosures. Are there specific types of disclosures that a whistleblower would need to make in order to get protections? Yes. Both statutes define protected disclosures to include reporting violations of law, rule or regs. Uh, They can also include allegations around gross mismanagement or a gross waste of funds or a substantial and specific danger to public health or safety. Or they can include other categories of misconduct as well. There is a difference between the two, though. NDAA disclosures mostly relate to contracts or grants, whereas uh, WPA disclosures don't need that connection, and they can relate to agency misconduct more broadly. Does a protected disclosure need to be made to a specific official or entity in order for whistleblower protections to apply? Yes. The NDAA specifies to whom a disclosure must be made in order to receive whistleblower protections. This includes an OIG like us, Congress, the Government Accountability Office, a federal employee responsible for managing the grant or contract, an authorized Department of Justice official, a court, or a management official at the employee's company or organization. The WPA, in contrast, is more broad and provides protections for whistleblowers even if the disclosure is made to the media in some circumstances. Nicole, what are some examples of whistleblower disclosures the OIG receives? Great question, Ryan. Every OIG has a unique jurisdiction that's specific to the program that their agency administers. For the department, they oversee the programs that generally relate to primary and secondary education, that's like K through 12, and also post-secondary education, that's like college and university level education. Most of the allegations that we receive here at at OIG are related to the administration of those programs, like grant and contract fraud, steering of contracts or grants to friends and family, kickbacks, bribery, and things of that nature. The easiest way to describe it is stealing federal funds that are meant to support the educational development of students. When filing their report with the OIG, does a whistleblower need to provide certain proof of fraud or other wrongdoing? No, a whistleblower doesn't need to prove their case or to provide particular evidence, only to make allegations that aren't frivolous and that they reasonably believe are true. 
What we need a whistleblower to tell us are two main things, the details of their protected disclosure and the reprisal or adverse personnel action that occurred because of that disclosure. So a person feels their employer retaliated against them for reporting wrongdoing. How do they file a whistleblower reprisal complaint to the OIG? The best way to report is through the OIG hotline that I mentioned earlier. Just go to the website, select report fraud, and follow the prompts. We intentionally made this process as easy as possible. Okay, so the whistleblower files a complaint with the OIG hotline. Then what happens? So for NDAA complaints, we're talking about department grantees, subgrantees, contractors, and subcontractors. OIG investigators will talk with our attorneys. So that's my shop talks to Antigone's shop, and we investigate the matter. We'll interview the whistleblower. We'll interview and obtain information from the employer, whether that's a school district or contracting company, and we'll work with department officials. Once we complete our investigation, we'll produce a report that summarizes all of our findings and present it to the Secretary of Education. Yeah, that's right. The Secretary reviews the report and makes a determination as to whether a reprisal occurred, and if so, he or she will impose a remedy. Remedies can range from reinstating the employee to back pay or other damages to attorney's fees or costs. And the investigative process is different under the WPA for current and former department employees or job applicants? Yeah, it's different. Under the WPA, either the Office of Special Counsel or OIG investigate the reprisal. The Office of Special Counsel is an independent agency that works to protect government employees and whistleblowers. It can request or order the employing agency or department to stay. That's freezing or suspending any retaliatory personnel action and to provide the whistleblower with an array, really, of corrective action, including reinstating an employee and providing them with compensatory damages, attorney's fees, and costs. The office also pursues disciplinary action for officials responsible for the reprisal against the reporting whistleblower. You can learn more about the office at its website, osc.gov. Great information. Thanks, Antigone. So, Nicole, let me ask you this. As you've been conducting whistleblower investigations for almost two decades, what do you think the biggest obstacle is for a whistleblower to come forward to the OIG? Well, fear of retaliation is a big reason why people don't report, and it's completely understandable. After all, when you think about it, bad things have already happened to this person for blowing the whistle. They've lost their job, been demoted, or passed over for promotion. And now we're asking them to report it again at risk of even worse things happening to them. But let me tell you, reporting the potential retaliation gives the OIG an opportunity to investigate the matter. And without an investigation, no remedies can occur. Also, reporting retaliation may help prevent employers from retaliating against others in the future. So in addition to conducting whistleblower reprisal investigations, all OIGs are required to have a whistleblower protection coordinator, correct? Yes, the IG Act requires all OIGs to have a whistleblower protection coordinator. That coordinator educates department employees about protections and employee rights and any remedies they may have if they've been retaliated against. That coordinator also provides information and training on identifying and reporting fraud. 
Right. What they don't do is provide legal advice. The whistleblower protection coordinator is expressly prohibited from acting as a legal representative, agent, or advocate for current or former employees. Okay, we've talked about what a whistleblower is, what should be reported, and how to do that, and whistleblower reprisal protections. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners on this topic? Nicole, do you want to start us off? Sure, Ryan. I'd really just like to add that whistleblowers perform a very important service in reporting what they believe is evidence of fraud, waste, abuse, or mismanagement. A lot of our success here at OIG in protecting taxpayer dollars comes from reports from individuals just like you listening to this podcast. So if you think you have information about wrongdoing related to federal education programs, please contact our hotline at oighotline.ed.gov or you can speak with a hotline analyst at 1-800-MISSUSED. Great points, Nicole. Antigone? So I have several things that I want to emphasize. First, Whistleblowers, because they are insiders, are so important to our work and mission. They really are crucial. And for those of us who are federal employees, we have an obligation to report through the ethical principles and agency policies. I don't want to downplay how difficult it can be to report fraud involving your employer, but we need to remember it's a requirement. And federal contractors and grantees are required to report also, by the way. That's why the OIG takes proactive steps to educate people about reporting fraud and whistleblower protections. And the very last thing I will end with is that whistleblower laws get complex really fast and individual factual scenarios vary a lot. So I would advise anyone who has concerns about being reprised against to get legal representation. And with National Whistleblower Appreciation Day right here, couldn't ask for a better sentiment. Nicole, Antigone, thank you so much for the work you're doing and for talking with us today. Thanks, Ryan. I really enjoyed speaking with you today. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Ryan. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Remember, you can find out more about whistleblower protections and reporting reprisal to the OIG on our website. And if you aren't doing so already, please be sure to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at EducationOIG and on Facebook slash Meta at EducationOIG. Until next time, I'm Ryan Schreyer with the U.S. Department of Education Office of Inspector General, and this has been Ion Ed.